Hello, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Snug Gang. Wow, I can't word today, apparently. Welcome to the the Jumble Word podcast. Uh, (laughs) We'll just keep that, because fuck it. (laughs) Welcome to the Snug Dan Nerdcast. I am Jumble Word. And I've still got Danny with me. Hello, Kevin. But he might leave me after this one because, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> what a great start after unfortunately having to miss last week. Yeah, sorry about that, everybody. We um, we just, we had a lot going on. We are in 100 and, what, last week was like max of 113, 115 uh, or something? We hit 115 at one point. 115 degree weather, and uh, we decided to take a lake day. Literally, with, uh, the there friends, was so. one day last week where we were, as far as heat goes in the world, we were ranked just below the Sahara Desert. Are you kidding me? I'm not. Really? The United States or Medford? Oregon. Oregon is literally on fire, (laughs) even when it's not on fire. (laughs) Yeah, the whole state isn't on fire this year, but guess what? We're burning under the micro... God damn it. The magnifying glass of the sun, that hole in the ozone must be right above us. I know. I know that weakened state, (laughs) that weakened layer of protection. Like when I forget to put on sunscreen. We legitimately, yeah, <clears throat> I think the coolest it's been here in the past two weeks has been like 98. Really? Yeah, yeah I think so. You're right. It was like 99, I think just under 100. It was like 102 on Saturday when we were doing our dry, one, dry run for a barbecue. At heat of the day, we mean. I mean, obviously it drops to like yeah. fucking 75 degrees, but. Yeah, but like main heat of the day. <laughs> it's, it's been, and you can probably tell, but we're pretty drained from from it i think everyone's almost done with the summer we aren't quite yet we still have a couple of things to do toward the end of august or toward yeah. well in the beginning of august and the beginning of september but other than that pretty ready for this summer to move on welcome in the the yeah. decently warm weather of fall hopefully yeah i don't i don't i saw a post that somebody put out that was like I think we all just need to wake up and understand that we were conditioned as kids to like the summer because it was when we didn't have to go to school. So now that we're adults, we can recognize that the summer isn't that great. I'm like, you know what? Dead center of the summer when it's hot. Okay, yeah, we can can say summer's not so great. Yeah. But I still got to say the long... The long days, having all that sunlight to do stuff, still yep. pretty the day great. It does feel a lot longer. It does feel like I have a lot more time. Not, so I'm not setting till nine o'clock. Not having people look at me like I'm an insane person because I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. It's freaking nice. If you don't, for those of you that don't know, Kevin is an insane person that would wear shorts every day of the year. It didn't matter what season. I'm not crazy. Man, She's crazy. This man. <laughs> <laughs> This dude wore fucking shorts in the when snow was up to his friggin' kneecaps. All right? Okay, it gets it gets hot over here. I am a human heater. Literally, I am a human heater. Ask any girl that has cuddled with me. Seriously. All right, we're gonna need those names and the phone numbers and <laughs> it's a short list. Oh shit. <laughs> fucking outed. <laughs> I ain't afraid. Hey, this it's is a the cast, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not the Chad cast. I, I ain't no player. <laughs> it's a short list. Anyway. 
Oh, I forgot to tell you, I uh, I had a different kind of wine the other day. Oh, yeah? For yeah, once, one like, that I didn't uh, send your yeah, way? Yeah, for once, one that you didn't buy and then let me have. I actually think I have um, one that you haven't tried in my fridge still. I can't <laughs> remember what it was called. It was like a Pinot... Pinot... Pinot Noir? No, not Pinot Noir. Pinot Grigio? Grigio. 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 However, however the fuck it, you say that? Grigio. Or whatever it's called. However <laughs> the fuck you say Did you say Greek yogurt? Greek yogurt. <laughs> Pinot Greek yogurt. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, how was that? It was actually not bad. I actually kind of liked it. It wasn't nearly as sweet as Moscato, obviously, but yeah. I mean, it was um, it was bare. It was barefoot. Is that the brand? Barefoot? Oh, okay, barefoot wine. Barefoot okay. is apparently really good. They're um, not bad. Yeah. yeah, I uh, I drank it, and I was the only one to drink it because I was the only one there that drank wine. Mm-hmm. That just started drinking wine. I almost yeah. had the whole bottle. Um, Damn, because it was like it was like this nice savory kind of. Um, you could taste the alcohol a tiny bit, but it was like the savory soda y type. Okay, taste so it was it. like it was, it's a dry, a more dry wine. Okay. Yeah, it was actually pretty nice. Yeah. It's crisp. Crisp is a good. Okay, word for so it. you actually you might like. There's a white wine that's in my fridge that I'm pretty sure I haven't had you try because I think last time I had you try that one that DJ brought us or yeah. brought me. Um, the last time I gave you wine, I'm gonna and, go pick uh, up a bottle of that after this. By the way, yeah. Um, and I didn't have you try that one cause I was this other one that I've got, I don't even remember what it's called, but it's a, it's another white wine and it's, it's a drier wine, a drier wine. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, without further ado, let's Time actually begin, get into huh? like the, the nerdy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I can't remember who started last time. Uh, that one. That's a good question. I it's been two weeks now. Well, let me ask you this: How many uh, topics do you have today? Uh, three. Three. Good. Maybe. Good. I've only got one. All right. Well, then I will not have you go first if you've only got one. <laughs> I'm hoping that the one is so kind of more of a discussion than it is. Smashers in the middle there. Yeah, that smash. way it can be a big, big block. Sandwich it. All right. Well, then let's. Uh, yeah. Let's let's start with mine. That's not the right application. Sorry, learning how to navigate a new phone because my old phone. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Was special. Forgetting. Yep, cracked it. Well, cracked it again because that's literally all I do. Apparently, is just break my phone. That constantly. comes with construction territory, though. I feel like there's not a construction worker out there that hasn't broken their phone screen they, at least once. They either constantly have a broken phone or it's in a freaking Kevlar case. Yeah, yeah. And since I like to take pictures, I can't put it in the kevlar case because it fucks up the it puts a thing over the camera like every one of those things puts a piece over the camera and i i can't see through the camera properly it gets all messy from working construction and so then i end up taking it out of the case to take the picture and then i break it in the you know three minutes that it's out of the case to take the picture so basically there's no point (laughs) i've just resigned to the yeah so anyway possibly breaking the phone i wanted to bring up an article that i found about the dungeons and dragons dark alliance game that you mentioned so many episodes ago oh yeah i uh i don't remember if we talked about it but uh i looked up reviews for that game not, not good. No, not good. Not, that's what <laughs> this was we, about. We both just shook was our heads at the same this, exact time. This article, the whole article was just how it, it was not good. should have been, should have been a slam dunk, how it should have been such a great game because oh, honestly adding uh, stuff about a fan favorite Dritzt doing a whole game for him 
would have been great. But unfortunately, uh, according to Alex Rowe, who was writing for Geek Culture, um, basically he wanted it to be a new favorite because he liked the premise, but the only way that anyone was actually going to enjoy it, according to him, was if they were already f- like fully immersed into the Forgotten Realms lore, mm. which means that someone like me probably would enjoy it still. Have you touched Forgotten Realms at all, or? Well, Forgotten Realms is all of the like it's all D and D shit. Oh, it's just like, all D and D. Yeah, oh, like oh, okay. I thought it was a, a. I thought it was an expansion of. Well, it's there is like a um, Forgotten Realms has there is like a uh, like a module. That's oh, okay, I got Forgotten you. Realms. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Um, but like, essentially, like what you're looking at, like Forgotten Realms, Faerun, like that's all part of the the D and D, like the standard D and D lore type stuff. Gotcha. And just to clarify, the a module is just a. Uh, it's just like a like a preset story with with some preset characters that you can choose from and such um, to yeah. play a quick game of D anD D if you don't really have the creative juices or the practice yet, and it just kind of yeah. it's like training wheels for D anD D. It's yeah, it's it's a it's a pre written story. Um, some of them come with pre made characters, some of them don't. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of them that just give you the story with a bunch of tables and a bunch of other things. Um, honestly, I've had a lot of like love hate with those modules because like. You have to be careful who you've got DMing utilizing those modules because, like, some of them, they know how to kind of improvise and do their thing pretty well. So when the party derails everything, as they inevitably do, a good DM rolls with the punches and continues on. A still learning and not quite understanding what's going to happen DM will do everything they can to railroad the party back into the story that's pre-written. And that's why I have a problem with following a module, because right. if you're trying to railroad them back into the module, nobody wants to. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's like telling children not to take the cookies off the, the cooling rack. Like, they're going to fucking do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and they're going to burn you out to deal like, with the screaming. Like, part of, it, part of it is because you told them not to. <laughs> you know it's like it's like telling me not to do something half the time like i'm still 12 i'm not 12 but i'm i'm still 12 you tell me not to do something and there's a part of me that's just like well no i want to do it more yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah but uh dark alliance so so yeah i mean that was kind of the big it was kind of a short one but no i got you yeah, well essentially like yeah dark alliance did not perform well no, it was disappointing is what i heard and uh, well i also heard it was riddled with bugs and um, yeah game-breaking bugs like bad bugs yeah that article mentioned um that it kind of fell along the same direction as cyberpunk when it came out oh that's bad yeah that's pretty bad <laughs> that's pretty fucking bad like like uh yeah it was it was apparently pretty rough yeah yeah, I, you know, I, it's funny because I was watching, um, cause that was one of the, that was actually one of my topics, uh, I think for like episode six or something like that. I actually had it, have it written in my notes still. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll even pull up the damn Metacritic score because I, I had it written down. <laughs> um, but I remember I watched gameplay of Dark Alliance and I honestly thought it looked pretty fun. 
um just watching the characters walk around and like the free roam like kind of slash and hack gameplay i kind of i love that kind of gameplay and it looked fun but um i guess it just didn't translate well in terms of D D. and i think that's what the review i read was saying was that the characters didn't really feel that unique um they felt kind of samey i mean it also was a continuation on a series is what they said like it was picking up where uh uh dark alliance baldur's gate left off is it really yeah is that what because i love baldur's gate so like that was the issue that a lot of people were having i think with it was less of the actual mechanics and gameplay outside of the bugs and more so of the fact that it didn't really function very well as a continuation like sequel type game and so that was I think that's why he was saying you have to be like fully into it to actually enjoy oh. this because otherwise like because eh. what man the dark the Baldur's Gate games were really fun if you ever when you get your PC up and running I'll show you how to I'll show you all the ROMs and the emulators <laughs> and stuff I'll have you play one fucking fun games really fun games dude no joke um so I wonder what happened there because that's not a formula that you can really fuck up it's basically Diablo yeah and uh, diablo's done it great <laughs> so i know um, uh they should i don't know if it came out yet i want to say release date is this month though um the uh diablo 2 remastered that uh blizzard is releasing i didn't know they were remastering yeah no it's way. like a, it's like they're calling it like uh resurrected i think Really? Diablo 2 Resurrected, I think is what they're calling it. Oh, I didn't know that. I heard... So Diablo 2 is like a really big fan favorite, actually. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I believe I it actually, was online I've, when it came out. I recently started playing. Diablo 2? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's online, right? Well, my... Yeah. Yeah, multiplayer. Um, a lot of people that are playing the original Diablo 2, um, they're utilizing... A lot of them are utilizing uh, Project Diablo, um, which is a... It's like a mod for it mm-hmm. um and then they're playing through that and so i was actually we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do this again Uh-oh. back to kazaya tv Uh-oh. at kazaya tv on twitch because <laughs> that's who got me to play diablo 2 i have to get a bell for that <laughs> he's been i know Ding. right <laughs> um but yeah he uh He's the one who he was playing it. And since I'm subscribed to him, he keeps like plugging that, you know, his his subscribers can play online games with him. And so I finally got it all up and running on my laptop. The only problem is, is because my charge ports like busted on my laptop. It only charges when the laptop's not in use. Mm -hmm. Once I start using the laptop, it stops charging. Oh, that sucks. You can't yeah, no. one. Does it work if you? Oh, because it's the charge port, so it's not the battery. I was gonna say because if yeah. you remove the battery, it should boot up with the charger plugged in. But if yeah, the port's busted, then probably yeah. not. I, I don't think it's the cord. I think it's the, just the port itself on the laptop. Yeah, then because I don't. I, I don't know. That's what happened with my laptop a long time ago. But battery. Went anyway, out. it's it's not like it matters now. Like yeah. I. I have finally constructed my tower. Hell yeah. Which honestly, if you take the disk drive off of the Xbox, uh, the Xbox one and just have like the white brick that that's pretty much my PC, just, you know, bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And the (laughs) processor is better, a lot better. And you have an SSD. (laughs) Yeah. So, but yeah, once I, I still have to do the, uh, the final install of windows, but everything is together. The thing 
turns on has no problems so um once i actually get the time to sit down and make that happen because right now yeah everything's chaos um <laughs> i uh i'll be playing pc so i'll be able to do diablo 2 and honestly i'd probably be tempted into getting uh diablo 2 resurrected okay yeah me too because i never got on the diablo train my dad played the first one a long 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 time ago mm -hmm. um i would sit on his lap as a kid and watch him play because oh. it was so cool you get down to like the later dungeons there's like crazy shit going on i mean thousands of fucking lightning bolts flying across the screen everyone's crazy um but i never got into diablo 2 and i always heard it was it was i hear it's the best one a lot of people like diablo 3 but i hear 2 is the one to play that's what i keep hearing too like 2 yeah. is the standard 2 yep. set the standard for yeah. all the other rpgs that are like it exactly yep. and so that's yeah that's why everyone compares other games like it too as yeah. well yeah uh that's because i has also been playing um oh god now i'm going to forget what it's called uh uh last epoch and grim dawn never heard of those so both of those are uh honestly they're kind of from what i could tell they seemed like diablo 2 but with better graphics and a closer like look on your character as you play okay closer um, camera <laughs> yeah so obviously they're not perfect clones, but they're, yeah. you know, they're kind of similar realm. So they look fun. I just, I've been pumping money into making this PC happen and paintball and everything else that I haven't had the ability to buy more games as well. So Dude, games are such a hard thing for me to, to buy right now because I, I keep buying them and I keep playing them for like an hour or two and then I just keep buying new ones. It's really bad. It's a bad cycle I'm in right now. Yep. Steam is part of the problem. <laughs> Too many Steam sales. Well, here's the thing is once I've got my PC finally going, maybe I can get you held into games for longer. Yeah, I hope so, man. I actually haven't played my PC in like I'll, three weeks. Yeah, like I'll happily, when I've got the time for it, I'm... Yeah, you know you know the yeah. level of busy I am. But anyway, um, um, bold, so Dark Alliance. Uh, yeah, D &D Dark, Dark Alliance. Alliance. Not good. <laughs> We're nope. so far down the rabbit hole. <laughs> like always, man. Like always. <laughs> um, yeah, so not good. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. Yeah. We probably won't see another iteration of it awesome. if it was if it did as bad as it did. I think they got. I think it got a Metacritic score of like twenty. Oof. A user score. Oof. It was bad. Um. They did not like the game, so, <laughs> um, yeah, bummer. But yeah, that's a, whew. I tell you what, that's, I'm kind of sad because that's, hearing that it wasn't so good, I'm like, oh man, that kind of makes me not want to play it, and I was kind of excited for it when you mentioned it, I was like, ooh, this is going to be cool, I'm so down for this. And then, me too, I was really like, excited, oh. but I, I guess the they just didn't execute very well. So, maybe I'll give it a couple of months and see where the price goes. Yeah, if it goes on sale, it'll go on it, sale pretty yeah. soon because it bombed. So yeah, if it goes down to, to like to twenty it. or less, I might pick it up just to. Yeah, do I think it. it started at forty, right? Yeah, there yeah, was a forty dollar I mean, edition. A at least it was sixty. Oh, there was a sixty. There was a sixty oh, that had like a bunch of special stuff. Yeah. Oh no! But like, just standard game was 40. ripped. All the people that bought forty, <laughs> the sixty dollar edition. Goddamn. Well, odds are the people that bought the sixty dollar edition are in that grouping of so deep people into the super Forgotten Realms lore that they just they yeah. were like yeah <laughs> yep well they were, they were almost part of the cult following <coughs> just curious is your other topic also D&D related no okay um because uh, you just triggered my memory because I was just up in 
another town up north yeah. for the weekend mm-hmm. and i uh you you mentioning D totally reminded me and i i totally meant to bring this this conversation up in this podcast because i was up there talking to our you know our mutual friends yes and um we were talking dming uh because she um she hosts a, she hosts a D session up there uh-huh. and it's not like our group where we say whatever dm says goes you know what I mean? It's which oh. it should be. I mean, that's that, that's D&D how it's says supposed it. to be. Yeah, that's, D&D yeah says like, that. But if if they yeah if they really want to go on the what DM says doesn't go thing, then what are they basing their rules on? Because if they're right, basing yeah. them on the book, then the book says DM supersedes. That's in what which I told case, them. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I mean, you should see the. I mean, there was just a lot of like headbutting and a lot of disagreement. And at one point, she was uh, like, she was like, "Look, lawyers. I'm the DM, and I'm saying that this is how it's gonna go." Period. Like, I don't really care what you pull up in the book. I don't really care what it says. This is how it's going to go. Yeah. And it sparked a conversation because we were, I, I was leaving and um, we talked uh-huh. for like 20 minutes while I was leaving about <laughs> what it means to be a DM and about uh-huh. uh, like how you should, and like I told them how we run our games. And I said that, you know, the, our group had a pre-established understanding yep. that when, when someone's DMing, it's their show and what they say goes like, it doesn't matter if the book says you do a D8 of damage. If your DM wants you to do a D4, guess what you're fucking doing? Mm-hmm. It's a D4, and if you don't like it, you don't have to play the game. Yeah. And um, and uh, her fiance was he's more of the by the book guy, <laughs> and so when he reads something in the oh, rules, friend. he's very, very like, <laughs> no man, this is what the rules say specifically, and like, and. And I, uh, we just talked about how, like, some, when I DM, you know, you can convince me. Like, yeah. if I rule something and then you're like, well, here's why I think this would happen X, Y, Z, and, you know, whatever reason. And then I'll be like, okay, that makes some sense. And I might bend, you know, or I might might give you what you want. Or if I think that it just won't work or I just don't like it, I'm not going to say yes. I don't know if you ever met David. Um, he uh, He was the... The guy who got himself with the machete. I don't think so. No? Okay. That, <laughs> I, love, I think I would remember I love you, someone. David, like but that. I had to out you. Um, yeah, he was chopping rose bushes and he cut himself with his own machete. Yikes. Anyway, my minor. Um, yeah, sorry, David. Had Not to do a it toy. Because <laughs> he's messaged me. He he did listen to the first episode, so he's probably hey, still listening. You. Oh, that reminds me. We gotta. I have to. I have to get going on that and upload everything to YouTube because oh, I have YouTube. not yeah, I know. touched We're, it. I noticed that too, and I was like, ooh, doing really bad at that. That's all my fault. It's, I will. It's okay. Once I've got that going, you know how easy it'll be for me to do it too. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so he also was that way with a lot of things. Like yep. there were sometimes you could actually talk him into allowing you to multi-class without meeting the requirements by explaining why it would actually be okay for you to multi-class. So like he let me multi-class into Bloodhunter with one of my characters. Um Bloodborne shit. Even though I didn't meet the requirement of the Bloodhunter uh yeah. multi-class. Well and, and I mean it it's not it's okay. Like yeah. people can play rigidly with the the rules by yeah. the book. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I I had a problem not necessarily with anyone in particular up there, yeah. just with the dynamic the, that yeah. they had. The thought because, process. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, you know, you should have that thought process of, like, this person's in charge of the game, you know? And mm-hmm. and, and if, if you're spending a half hour arguing over 
like what the book says and what the DM wants, you're kind of sapping some fun out of the experience of D&D. And, and that's exactly why the book says that the DM's rulings supersede the rules in the book yeah. is so that that way there is a what DM says goes understanding. Yeah. And so I, I just kind of established with them. I was like, I was like, man, it, this is really just something you have to tell your players like before you start a campaign, you know, you get your group or whatever together and then you tell them, you know, just ahead of time, like, listen, it, if, if we want to do this, what DM says goes, and that counts for everybody, mm-hmm. not just me, but that counts for you and you and you, whatever you want to do. If you want a DM game or two, that's going to count for everybody yeah. because that's fair. And that's what, like you said, what the, what the book even says. Yeah. And everybody's got their own style. That's what makes it fun. Yeah. I mean, you can find DMs that'll go by the book. Yeah. You know, you, you've been, you've been a part of a couple, <laughs> you <Yep>. know? <laughs> so, and like I said, nothing wrong with that, but, no. um, but definitely kind of a killer like kills the mood a bit when you uh um when you spend all the time arguing with the dm uh, yeah not not throwing shade or anything like that i just uh i i like having the discussion because mm-hmm. it's important to express that freedom to your players and to well and to establish rules ahead of time it's kind of like communicating in a relationship you know yeah like this is what's okay this is what's not okay are we all on the same page yeah all right we're good to play you know what dm says goes if you want out you better give me your safe word now yeah exactly <laughs> you give me that safe word you tell me coconut <laughs> like you got a problem you better hit me with it because i i don't know what to tell you otherwise <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that that was um because that was a conversation we had last minute and it made mm-hmm. me really appreciate our group because everyone's on that same understanding. Yeah. The only time we ever push back is when we're like, well, here's what the book says. Like, because most of the time it's I don't know what the fuck I'm doing <laughs> as a DM. Like, I don't know what some specific thing says or it's let me, let like me, a logical thing or like a uh, like, hey, Kevin, would this work? You know, let me, let me clue you in on something. DMs can have so much knowledge and still pretty much always have no idea what the fuck they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like that DM screen is for two reasons. One to hide your roles and notes so that the players can't see what you're trying to work on. And two, so that you can duck down behind pretending to take notes while you have a fucking panic attack. Cause you have no idea what you're doing, bro. No (laughs) joke. I mean, unfortunately I have to have my laptop there cause I, I have a bunch of custom characters and shit on there. Yeah. But like when I yesterday, because we had our first D, our first game in, in my game yesterday and like I had a DM screen. And if you don't know what a DM screen is, it's just this it's either cardboard or thin paper that kind of just sits in as a cubicle around you. Kind of like a manila folder when you took tests as a kid. Um, yeah. It just sits around oh you, my blocks, God, your, that blocks was your a, desk area. Wow, that was a blast from the past. Boom, I hadn't welcome, thought about everybody. that in a while. Did you all but just I had, a yeah, I had freaking teachers that would take two of those manila folders and they'd staple them together yep. so that it made a, a full like wall. three, yeah, three sides, and they put that up in front of you. Like, yeah, it's it's basically that. Just We've instead of going circle. all the way up, it's like you know only a foot tall. You know, funny so that is, way you're, you know, I had teachers that would it. let us write notes in those on those manila folders too. Huh. They would they would be like, yeah, write notes on your manila folder, and then you can take the test. They, I don't know how okay that was with the school board, but they did it. 
Um, anyway, the the DM screen does that, and it also like that. Like in my experience, it has notes on it, so it tells you what effect does what. It tells you, um, you know, what like what proficiency means, like what uh, what is a hard skill check, what's an easy skill check. You know, setting a parameter that the characters have to pass in order to continue. Mm-hmm. So it's a really big help. Um, where was I going with this? Because I talked about. I was talking about DM screen for some reason. I was just talking about DM screen. What were we saying? I had before mentioned that? the uh, panic attack behind the DM screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and <laughs> luckily I had it because I was. There were a couple of like because when you ask for like when you're like all right make a make a deck save or make a make a dex check or whatever you're like mm-hmm. oh shit I have to set a parameter for them to pass I don't always think about it ahead of time so then I pull up the DM screen really quick and I I'm like okay that's the difficulty. You, you want to know a secret? Yeah. Sometimes you just, throw you a just pick out there. a fucking number. That's half the time. That's what I do when I when I forget about the DM screen. Like, like you know, like yeah. Obviously, a ten's going to be like depending on the group. Like you look at the thing is, is you think about the things to think about are like the player, like the characters that's that are trying to do this, and then like. Once you recognize roughly what their modifier is in those things based on because like you'll figure it out after a couple of sessions, you'd be like, all right, yeah. this guy's good at this stuff. That's why he's got high mods in that. This guy's good at this stuff. That's why he's got mods in that. So if that guy tries to do what he's good at, then, you know, he's not going to be as successful as the guy who's good at the things and vice versa. So it's going to be easier for that guy than it is for that guy. So like there are things that like in my game, for instance, that mav will try to do mm-hmm. and life will try to do as well and the dc is lower for mav than it is for life because it's like you you're not oh, that's interesting. But you don't do that <laughs> that's interesting so it's like yeah huh sometimes you just i never like, noticed that hmm. interesting yeah you don't really think about it as a player yeah it's, it's it's something to take into account it's i purposely do that especially because of like i want to integrate the characters that you guys have created in the way that you've made them mm-hmm. so like th- i don't want it to be like ah oh, the wizard tries to use magic to unlock or tries to do you know this arcana thing and fails horribly even though he's the arcana guy and then the fighter that doesn't use magic at all he gets a nat 20 or yeah like rolls a, fifth, a nat like a 20 on the arcana check and you know oh he knows like okay nat 20 is not gonna cut it like, interesting yeah see that's and that, so oh. i have i have variable degrees of difficulty for each player which i mean obviously you don't have to worry about incorporating you're still kind of new to dming Absolutely, so yeah. but um, i mean but something to think about yeah absolutely um and then also like yeah it's just one of those like once you kind of recognize like in your head like how easy is it to roll a 10 okay that's yeah, pretty easy to roll a 10 how easy because like yeah if you're rolling with a modifier if you assume especially with our group i think one player in our group in your game has a negative to anything and i think that's mav maybe yeah i, think I know so. mav said that he had a negative on something so yeah i don't know probably. i don't think i don't probably. think anybody else ended up with a negative in any of their stats so like that means odds are they're either rolling flat or plus something rolling a 10 is going to be really easy because even if the flat that's a 50 percent. right yeah yeah and then because half the die is either going to pass or 
Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you're using the meets it beats, you know, standard understanding, if you set the DC at 10, that means that they've got a little over a 50% chance with a D20 uh, if they're rolling without any modifier. Yep. Um, So it's, yeah, it's one of those like once you kind of recognize like, okay, it's pretty easy to roll a 10. Like this is a pretty easy thing or it's, it's a little bit harder than pretty easy. So like, eh, we'll call it like a 12. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those, you kind of start to, it kind of takes a mixture of both playing and DMing to really find like that sweet spot of like, how hard should this be kind of thing? Yeah. I definitely learned a <laughs> lot more playing in a couple of games than, yeah. When it, yeah. When previously. it comes to the understanding of like uh, DCs, it's it's a lot easier to to figure that out and like understand rolling when you're playing than it yeah. is when you're DMing. Yeah, and the DM screen just helps a lot. Yeah, uh, it is a very valuable tool. The rolls were also something that we talked about too because we talked about um like because uh, this is, you'll find this different for any any game you play, but yeah. I mean a nat one doesn't always mean an instant fail for everybody sometimes yeah. nat one is just a one on the check and then you add your mod to it um, i think you've done that every now and then i think technically or I technically remember. 5e rules crit fail and nat 20 only actually exist in combat right but technically but a lot of dms yep a make lot it of with skill checks as well like that now i I actually will not always rule a nat one to be an automatic fail. Yep. Sometimes what will happen will be something like, let's say uh, the barbarian's trying to smash down the door and I say make a strength check and he rolls a nat one. Like he'll still smash through that door. However, in the process, he's going to get some shards in his arm. He's going to fall down, you know, something like that. Or he'll hit it and it'll basically have broken loose but it won't fall down and then the next person to touch it will knock it over because he actually did do it successfully he just yeah some it sort just of got hung up on something some sort of non-positive yeah in, in the like, process uh, actually one one instance specifically um ben i had hit, he rolled a nat one in my game at one point and i was like oh your character stabs himself in the foot and he was like, okay. And I was like, all right, so you're going to pull it out of your foot? And he was like, no, I'm going to leave it there. And I was like, all right. Okay. And he like pulls out another weapon and just looks at the enemy. He's like, my master doesn't accept weakness. And I was like, interesting. Roll an intimidation with advantage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell like, yeah. He did it. And I was like, I was like, okay, so this hobgoblin just shit himself. <laughs> 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 like like sure the attack didn't go off great but you did successfully just frighten that's this hobgoblin that's shit that's really fun <laughs> like like you're still going to kick his ass because now he's afraid of you <laughs> see um i think i think part of the discussion was about it was specifically about like okay this person is like Let's say it was a monk or whatever, right? Let's okay. say it's Maverick's monk, right? Okay. And he's like super agile. He's proficient in athletics or whatever, or mm-hmm. whatever he acrobatics or whatever it is. Yeah. Balance or whatever. Um, the the DM's argument was that it, it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter if you're the greatest expert in the entire world, there is still the slightest chance you could fuck up. You could yeah. you could mess up something. Therefore the the nat one will exist and it will and it will result in a fail. Yeah. Um and the other person's point was, well, it's a, he's an expert. This is the thing that they're best at. They shouldn't be failing. They should get 
probably like closer to what you roll is like some sort of negative aspect, but still be able to do it because they're an expert. And I thought it was an interesting conversation because I could understand both perspectives, but I, I kind of lean more toward the, cause shit, man, like, you know, you play baseball for God knows how long, but Mm -hmm. guess what? There's still like basics and shit that you could fuck up just because you're, you know, you're not thinking or you just mess up. And guess what? You roll that one. Sometimes you just don't make it. Sometimes you just strike out, you know? I'm sorry. I think, I think the thing that I would like to pose to somebody is how long have we, like if they want to, well, they're an expert, they shouldn't be failing at it. Okay. How long have you been walking for? When's the last time you tripped on yourself or nothing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, because I get it. ones happen in real life. Like, yeah, man. You can screw up anything. Sometimes the so dice like, just isn't very kind. While the argument of they're an expert at this, they shouldn't, you know, have that kind of failure. Mm, yes and no. Yeah. Because everyone makes mistakes. You, you know, maybe you're tired. Maybe you weren't paying attention to that at some point. Whatever it is. Now, I understand that this is more of an argument of, you know, being realistic at this point kind of but at the same time like if we really want to argue that you know we uh, that doing that's just trying to make it too realistic like okay well the dm could also request that the bard seduce them to be able to seduce the dragon irl (laughs) right like we we could go that far yeah really (laughs) really realistic Uh, yeah there are a lot of dms that'll let you get away with not actually performing what it is that you're trying to do and just go off of the role itself and And i personally as a dm think it should be a 50 50 yeah and i think that's where the crux of the argument is it's it's like realism versus um pure fantasy and control you know like like are you are you someone who's like who's like you know what this this is a 100 foot drop like it doesn't matter if you fall in a bale of hay, bro. You're breaking your fucking legs. Yeah. Or you're dying. You know something. Yeah. Some DMs like you fell in a bale of hay. You're pretty soft. You're all right. You know because <laughs> they don't want Assassin's you to break your legs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? You're okay. So, so you know, take your pick. Whatever. It's all just preference, of course. Uh, yeah. Just because me and Kevin think one way doesn't mean that that's yeah. the right way. It means that we prefer that way to play. And like we said, there are people out there who will play realistically who will play by the rules by the book and you can have fun doing that too it's just sometimes it's not for you or not for us so it's just not for me i guess my advice for our mutual friend dming if they run into that um by the book over the top mentality with uh, that kind of thing let them roll the nat one add their modifier and let them fail the dc Cause guess what? They still have to roll to do things. That's a rule in the book. Yeah. So if they want to argue, unless they have some sort of like ability that 25. says they <laughs> absolutely can do this, they yeah. failed the DC. Whoops. Yep. <laughs> like, like if if you know, arguing the whole nat one situation becomes that big of a problem, just literally just be like, okay, well, you you didn't pass the DC. Okay, but they're an expert. Okay, well, this was hard to do. Yeah. I don't want to tell you. Yeah, that's a really good solution, I think. <laughs> um, it was just an observation I made while yeah. I was up there. And I think a lot of people will probably run into that, especially if you're new at D&D. Yeah. And I think that that that's... was his his argument was that he was new. And I, I think that he was so into D&D that he, um, he really wanted – he really wants to follow it properly, I think. And, and okay. It, it's, not, it's not out of like – 
being mean or or trying to hold people to a standard. I think it's just that he was he's just he's just really into it. Yeah. I just think he really loves the game. So the, um honestly the shittiest part about being the DM is you can make most of the party happy. There's a good chance no matter what you do, there is always going to be at least one person in the party, no matter what size the party, that has some sort of issue with how the game went, how the session went, what how you ruled something, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, I guarantee you last night Leif had an issue, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could tell he <laughs> Which had was an okay. Issue. <laughs> that was okay. We worked through, you know. Yeah. I, I try to be fair, you know. Yeah. Um Partly like, due to us not communicating properly, but yeah. you know, um, or like when you, or like when you, uh, you were like, uh, was it you that, that somebody failed a skill check and then they used one of their skills? That, yeah, that was was it you? Yeah. yeah so I you failed the, the DC, but then you were like, oh, but I've got these and this works. And I was like, okay, yeah, never mind. You fucking pass. You don't even have to <laughs> yeah, roll. You know, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You know? And I actually, so that one. I had I had Phantom Grapnel in the backup as well. So like <laughs> if that hadn't worked, I, I could have that. literally just Phantom Chain pulled myself. I out. forgot about that ability. Good shit, Kevin. <laughs> so like very yeah. well prepared. I gotta I, be careful with you. <laughs> I literally made the character to be Uber Mobile. So like throwing something like drop floor at me is just nothing. <laughs> yeah. But other things, not so much. That's honestly like, and you saw, I cranked out some serious damage. You that, did, right there I at the did end. Not, I did not min-max by any means. So for anyone listening that doesn't understand min-maxing, essentially, uh, min-maxing is where you kind of go through and you find the optimal situations where you deal the most amount of damage, have the most amount of health, so on and so forth. You find the exact pairings of classes, races, um, subclasses, spells, etc. that are going to make it so that you have the most available hit points at any point in time, um, damage output at any point in time, so on and so forth, and you calculate all of that out. At the cost of like the stuff that you're not so great at, right? Yeah. yeah. So like basically, generally, people who min-max are only doing combat type stuff, so they're going to be absolutely useless outside of the combat. Right. But your character's real well rounded. I well, I mean, he's basically <laughs> he just kind of he's he's heavy mental stat. Like he's got really good wisdom, charisma, intelligence. He does not have the greatest strength, constitution, wis or uh, dexterity. Yeah. Like I yeah. wanted to make sure that I had minimum two because then I can just you know oh I have. A plus two in my decks, so I can just throw on some medium armor. I'll have my breastplate. I'm good. That's a 16 AC. If I use a shield, then I can use a shield. That'll give me another two. Like, we're, we're decent. Start at level good. four, 16 is not a bad spot. Yep. Not a bad spot at all. Um... So that was kind of my... I was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Like, we'll, we'll go with that. That was my only requirement that I had for myself when building that character as far as the physical stats went. At that point, constitution and uh, and strength were just like whatever the other crappy scores were, that's where they go. Which I didn't really, the lowest score I had was a 10 when I finished everything out. But uh, <laughs> So like I got a 10 in strength, I got a 12 in, in uh, constitution. So I'm sitting at a, a plus zero in strength and a plus one in constitution. Uh, which I mean, constitution. I 
as a caster, as it was clear because I mentioned using spells, constitution is usually pretty useful, but as a I'm a, a homebrew class. It's a yeah, called a yeah. war mage. And they're they are cantrip masters. So you you don't really have a lot of concentration going on. And mm-hmm. then the rest of it's just hit points. They're a D eight hit die, so I'm pretty much just on par with any rogue that dump statted their constitution too. So yep. uh <laughs> yeah. like I I'm doing okay for myself there. <clears throat> well um one last note before we yeah. before we uh, depart because we're getting a little long here on this one. Yeah. Um, we'll just I'm okay with that. But it's D and D. Yeah, me D&D. too. <laughs> good and it's fresh oh, in yeah. our minds. We literally had a session last night. Yeah, I just, literally, I had a Monday night session. I had Tuesday night session, and now we're doing the podcast. So like, it's been D and D since Thursday the start of the night week. session. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's the session that I run. So yeah. Um, just the last little blurb. I told them about your. Uh, your strength character that you just introduced oh. into your campaign who's just unaffected by magic it because he's just got the yeah <laughs> I, I i told them about that and they thought that was the coolest shit they really liked that idea so props <laughs> to you because they really loved that idea and i guess i'll explain it because people might be like what what idea uh, this guy in kevin's campaign is like this super huge meathead orc right and He's just immune to magic because he just doesn't believe it exists as a thing. He he thinks it's just parlor tricks, sleight of hand, just like, you know, tricky stuff. It's just bullshit. And because of that, because he's so dead set in his mindset, or or at least this is what we, we know in game. I, I don't know anything else. Um, this, as far as we know, he just doesn't believe in magic. And because of that, it doesn't affect him. Uh, and And they really liked that. They thought that was clever as shit. So it was it was literally like a, a Tumblr meme that I found that was just explaining like this character that just talks shit about magic so much that it just it just doesn't actually do anything to him. And so it was, you know, like the picture that was depicted at the end that somebody described was like him laughing as he shrugs off another fire or like as he shrugs off another spell and a wizard crying as he launches yet <laughs> another ninth level fireball that isn't doing anything to this guy. And the only thing I could think of, which I'm so if Nick's listening, I'm sorry that I did it to you, Nick, but I had to do it to you, Nick. Um He's always played a caster. He he did finally adjust in Danny's game, and now he's not playing a caster. And yeah. He's actually having a lot of fun doing it, and I Good knew for he him, would. Um, but he always played a caster and always relied on the spells. And so being that he always created a character that was not really physically adept, even though he could make them physically adept, he didn't. I ha- I had to do it to him when I found the meme. I was like, oh, I have to br- I have to bring this into we my game. I have to create week. a character that is this, and I'm he's he's gonna he's going to just bully Nick. <laughs> it helps too that our caster is like one of our highest damaging. Oh yeah, he's, he's so heavy DPS, super heavy damage. But so. the part of the reason why he's so heavy DPS is because I. I like to let you guys be powerful because yeah, honestly, yeah. I know as a player, it's a lot of fun to recognize that you're powerful, even if you didn't do it on purpose. So I've given plenty of opportunities where I've given special gear to the players where they can, you know, yeah, a get lot. Bon- like bonuses to help out with stuff. I give them plenty of money from time to time so that they can buy items that are like that. I let them haggle for those items, you know, going down the whole, the whole shebang, but also 
I don't use the 5th edition D&D ruling that says you can only use one leveled spell per turn. Yep. I allow them to just cast because in my opinion, yeah, they can put out really, really high amounts of damage really, really quickly. However, that also eats through their spell slots. So the way that I balance out combat with that is if I don't want it to be a really short battle, I just increase hit points. Yep. The enemies that they are fighting will have more HP than they do in the stat block. They will have however much HP I deem worthy because I have purposely made my players very high damage output. But I also created the game to be a mostly roleplay based game for my campaign anyway. So, yeah, so most of the combats that these guys have gone through have been ones where they decided they were going to spar with each other or yeah. they were going to spar with an NPC or they were going to, you know, pick a fight. There were not a lot of combat encounters that I purposely threw at them. Yeah, and if they and if there were, they ended pretty quickly aside yeah. from one or two like the pirate ship or the sandworm. Well, the, the pirate ship one, Nick kind of, he big brain threw that even, one yeah, and just that blew one up the even, ship. Yeah, that one didn't <laughs> like, even get into an encounter. It would have been so much cooler, but Nick just lightning bolt blew up the ship, which was fine. Like, yeah, I had no problem with it. I thought it, we it, thought it was yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, everyone thought it was great. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. Um, and that's, I, I like to be uh, what they refer to as a rule of cool DM. Uh, basically people people that fall under the rule of cool dm are people that are willing to ignore the way the mechanics work specifically for something to be cool so like uh technically acid splash it, it hits enemies and deals uh poison damage but it doesn't actually melt things but, but if should. you want to shoot acid splash at a door and try to melt it down why the fuck not it's called acid splash yeah, like that's that's just I mean, and anyone is free to disagree with me on that. But I personally believe that it, initially the thought process is, is I'm literally shooting acid. Why wouldn't it melt through this door? Yeah. And as a player, especially if it's a new player, they're going to think that. Exactly. Yep. And if you again, if you don't want them to go through the door with the acid, then you just don't let it be affected by acid. Yeah, exactly. Ta-da. Maybe they'll melt something else. <laughs> like, like, ah, you hit the door with the acid, and it sizzles, but doesn't seem to dissipate the door at all. Yeah. Or the door flashes with a bit of light, and the acid is immediately cleaned off, because it's a magical door, and you can't open it that way. Ta-da! <laughs> like, like, I mean, not, not to tell people what to do, but I'm just saying it's not that hard if you have a little bit of imagination to let players do things that are cool without slapping them with the rule book. Yeah, it's all, it's yeah. all about that DM preference you know, like we were talking about. But, um, and that's, I mean, I do a lot of things weird, like instead of inspiration, the way that most people do it, I've got a Benny system that I utilize. I allow my players to uh, crit if they roll over, uh, they roll more than 10 over the AC of what they're fighting. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Powerful. I've got a handful of crazy rules that I throw in there. When I do, when I do damage, instead of doubling the number of dice you're rolling, I I have you roll, add the modifier, and then double that. Which it's kind of it kind of averages out to close to the same. It just kind of depends. There's a lot like it just like depending on 
how lucky you are when you roll. Like sometimes you'll get more if you roll more dice, but sometimes you get more when you double it after the modifier. Yeah. So it's hit or miss on that one. Well, so that should conclude the D and D discussion. Um, Hopefully, <laughs> we're, we're fifty we'll deep see. already. Okay. So, okay. Um, did you did you really want to uh, get to your second topic? Was yeah, it, it, it probably won't really be super to... long. Okay. Um, it's a it's a pretty decent uh, deal. Okay. Yeah. This one dives us back into the MCU a little bit. Woo! However, well, at least one of you will love that. It's not Spider Man. Uh-huh. And it's not uh Doctor Strange. Yeah, we talking oh okay, yeah. It's Black Panther. Oh yeah. Cause they're still making a sequel. I heard about that, yeah. Uh, and it's still very up in the air as to how they're going to do that since they're not going to recast uh, Chadwick Boseman's role. Of course. <laughs> and they're not going to try to CGI him in. Interesting. And they're not... Because didn't they do that with Leia? They d- Yes, they did do that with Leia. Um, they also that did that bad. with uh, Brian in uh, Fast and Furious, the uh, Paul Walker. Oh, yeah, oh, they yeah had Paul his, Walker. They had his brother fill in and then CGI'd to make uh, him look like him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they did... They did. They have done CGI stuff in the past in some movies, but they have decided. Disney has decided that they are not going to CGI Chadwick Boseman in to take the place. Which honestly, the big thing with the people that have been CGI'd in after passing, a lot of them have died mid filming, or have died with only a small part that's being shown in the movie kind of thing. Yeah. And so they CGI'd him in because it wasn't a lot. An entire Black Panther movie where he's completely CGI would have been just Disastrous. it would have been too much. Yeah. Like it I I personally don't think it would have looked good. No, I I couldn't even stand um I couldn't even stand Captain America the the first half really. Uh, oh when yeah, when he when was all scrawny, yeah, oh, it, his proportions are so bad. Oh, they thought that looked good enough. I mean, I mean, shit, I guess if you're not expecting Chris Evans to look like Captain America later, you you can't really know that he's a fucking beefcake. God damn it. (laughs) Looking back on it now, especially, you're like, oh, that's pretty bad. Yeah. It looks like they literally just stuck his head on a figurine. I know. Like, I already knew, I already knew Chris Evans from the Fantastic Four movie that he was in. Yeah. And it was like, I knew he was not that short and scrawny beforehand. And there was no way he dropped enough weight to make that happen. And, you know, there's no way he was shrinking. And so, but yeah, so that was, I, uh, the rumors are, cause they still, you know, every, they still slightly follow comics to, you know, figure things out. Um, they actually, uh, they're debating a couple of different ways, or at least there's rumor of a couple of different ways that they can go about. One of them is probably the most likely, and that's, uh, his sister Zuri taking up the mantle because that is a canonically possible right. thing in okay. the comics. Yeah. 
that happened. She does become the Black Panther at one point. Um, although there is a lot of talk about the um, the big guy from the other tribe that initially fought uh, Black Panther for the, the throne. All right, I'm going to pause you. Okay. Minds are about to explode. Okay. Um, or at least one will. I haven't seen the Black Panther movie either. Okay. <laughs> Joseph, he's killing me. <laughs> I know that Joseph is going to hear that too. And he's going to be like, bruh. <laughs> he's just going to go slump in his chair wherever he's at. Uh, he's probably listening. He'll probably be listening at work. So he won't even slump in a chair. He'll be like down an aisle stalking. So he's just like, ugh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and special shout-out to him telling me that I said Twin Towers <laughs> yeah, uh, when we were did. talking about Lord of the Rings a few few episodes ago. I said Twin Towers instead of Two Towers. It was the Two Towers <laughs> video game, okay? I, know, I, I, was, I was so nice ooh. and just breezed past it and didn't say anything about it, and Joseph was like... It's two towers, not <laughs> twin towers. Uh, yeah, I did not play with like a little mini figurine plane crashing into buildings. Oh, so that was not my you, childhood. You would have been, I mean, well, maybe you wouldn't have been too young for that, but you, you would have been a little. I wouldn't have known what the hell I was doing. <laughs> I say I was, you'd have been, what, four? We'd have been like four then, five? Four, four, something like that. But yeah. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the Black Panther movie. Um, All right, so heard it was great. Heard in it was the great. Black Panther movie, there's like uh, I, I'm spacing his name, but he's uh, like the. So in the Black Panther for Wakanda, there's like multiple tribes that live there, and each of the tribes, when a king passes. The son of that king is heir to that throne, but each of the tribes can have a champion that is usually their, like, you know, Nominee their leader. Um, oh. The leader of that tribe. I got you. Um, compete for the throne. Okay. In a combat. Right. So there's a big guy that kind of talked some mad shit and tried to take on um, the Black Panther which he he actually gives up his Black Panther abilities to I'll have this guy. combat to Hell make yeah. it fair. That's in the movie. Yeah, I need to watch the movie. <laughs> it's good, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just need like a Marvel day. Just every I Marvel know. movie I... you haven't seen yet, you just need to watch it. I know. Or or you need a Marvel weekend where you just watch all of them chronological order, not release date, but timeline. Date. There's a lot I haven't seen. I haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp. I haven't seen Ant-Man. Oh my um, goodness. Yeah. Yep. Hearts are breaking. You're just, okay. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm putting this together before, before the 10th episode, Joseph and I need to sit you down <laughs> okay. and just take you through all of the, hell yeah. I'm down yeah. for that. Cause the Marvel movies are great. Yeah. Uh, except Captain do. Marvel. I don't think I want to watch that one. Period. I mean, it well, was okay. It just I just don't like was Brie it Larson. Okay. Okay. Well, like it wasn't it wasn't I bad. It was I just awful. don't like Brie Larson. Uh, okay, I got you. That's a lot. In of people. my opinion. But I I heard it was awful. That's what I kept hearing, and that it was barely relevant and stupid. And but, but that could just be outrage. There's well, there's some stuff that is still kind of important of the timeline that I I would be I would. I personally would suggest that it get watched. Shit. All right. Well, I'll have to watch. This <laughs> some. There's some. We'll throw it in there. There's some good comedic. I was watching in there a, too. a TikTok earlier that a uh, guy was um, talking about how bad Captain Marvel actually sucks. <laughs> like in the comics, he's like Captain Marvel sucks, which is character. weird because 
namesake. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the person who's spearheading the name. Uh, but I'll show you it later. He he points yeah. out all the times where she's just like doesn't make sense. He kills Spider Man Morales at some point, or yeah, she does. Um, yeah. I'll show you. I'll show you the TikTok. There's, it's yeah. pretty funny. There's a lot, but yeah. So that's um, there's a lot of talk about that he will likely challenge for the throne if she does try to take up the mantle. Um, there's also uh because of the multiverse stuff that's coming out with the doctor strange and the spider-man ordeal there's also a theory that an alternate universe um uh and i've forgotten his name too but not to spoil anything um the character that michael b jordan plays in that movie um an alternate universe him comes to claim the throne also a possibility am i am i supposed to know who michael G. b jordan plays no i just okay okay that's all right. i'm, that's I'm so i don't spoil I gotcha. yeah because you okay. haven't seen but they'll know what you're talking about everybody yeah everyone who's seen it and knows <laughs> and remembers off the top of their head who michael b jordan is got it will know what i'm referring to okay. anyone who has not seen black panther i'm sorry you're in the dark but i'm trying not to spoil too Hello. many things for danny <laughs> <laughs> i'm with you <laughs> so, you're not alone um, it, if you haven't seen it like Danny, just go watch it. You'll understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> that that's all I got for you. We have Disney Plus Welcome now. There's Ted no Talks excuse not to watch region. a Marvel movie. Well, I I don't, but well, um, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. But yeah, so there was a lot of talk on that. Um, a couple of possibilities. Yeah, a couple of possibilities. A couple of cool things. Honestly, I. People might not like me for this, but I personally kind of want to see the Michael B. Jordan route. That's Damn. just me. Yeah, I feel like people are going to get pissed at that. <laughs> like I, Although, depending on the character, I might agree with you. I don't know. It really depends. He's kind of a dick. <laughs> uh, not, not the actor himself, but the, the character. The character, that he plays. Yeah. Uh, So, like, that's why I figure people are probably not going to be as enthused about that one as me. But I, I don't know. I just... Part of me is like, uh, everything. Never mind. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you outside the podcast because we don't need to go that direction. I got you. Well, um, as always, time will tell. Indeed. Time will tell, man. Well, is that was that your second one? That was my second one. All right. Well. For mine, we're going to segue on. I wish we had uh, timestamps. I wish we had someone to go through and actually listen to this before we publish them (laughs) and then mark timestamps so that we could put it in the friggin' description so that people can know what what topics went. But then they might not listen to the whole thing. Um, yeah, that's the whole thing. This this is the whole like bag of tricks here. Like, we don't tell you where everything is so that you don't just skip to what you want to hear. You see something um, interesting in the title, you got to listen to the whole thing to find it. Yeah, there you go. Usually well, you I put it. them in order if I can, but eh. sometimes I don't. Um, okay, so this is really more of a discussion. We're moving away sort of from D&D and, um, of course, Marvel and comics or whatever uh, to um, video games once again. Okay. Now, this one, I think no matter what circle you're in or no matter like what kind of games you play, this is going to be kind of relevant to you. And like you, you will have input and, and voice in the discussion because, uh, this article popped up and it's actually two years ago it was published, but I think it was edited recently. And, um, 
it, it recently popped up on my feed on Facebook as, as just an interesting article to read. And the title of the article is um, <laughs> The Pressure to Constantly Update Games is Pushing the Industry to a Breaking Point. Hmm. Now, it was two years old, obviously. And we're not at a breaking point, but you can kind of see where it's going. Um, so, essentially, um, the article kind of starts off by talking about how... It, and EA, the company, um, actually a pretty malicious company. Yeah, At least no people kidding. believe they, them to be malicious. There's a lot of reasons for that. But um, one of the bigger reasons was several years ago, I think about, this was in 2004. So was it now we're 2021? Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly. It was about so, seven years ago. Or 17. 17 years ago. <laughs> but a Boring. one in front of there. So about 17 years ago, uh, quite a while. So they could have changed. I I hear they have and they haven't, blah, blah, blah. But um, apparently this wife of an EA uh, developer spoke out. And she talked about how... Uh, this is common in, in uh, Japan, too, with manga and anime artists, actually. That the game developers were working obscene amounts of hours. Mm -hmm. um, with, like, no no vacation time. Like, if they earn it. They can have vacation time, which you think they would, but not every country is the same because a lot of these games are developed in yeah. different countries. Um, and so a lot of these uh, developers are basically just being pushed past the brink of exhaustion. And I think the article cited somewhere like that said 15%, I think it was like 10 to 15% of development teams are actually contractors that are licensed out to help develop that game. So the team that works on the game isn't even solely the team that develops the game. They actually hire third-party outsiders because they push the people so hard to crank out a new game uh, that they end up leaving the company because they, they can't handle it. Okay. Um, and so part of the reason for that is now, you know, back in the day, you buy a disc or a uh, cartridge and you put it in and that's your fucking game. Mm -hmm. Like bugs and all. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, there were rare circumstances like Mario 64 and stuff where they would release one cartridge and then they might release another cartridge a few months later where they patched out some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't like an update. There was no way to do that back then. Yeah. And so whatever game you got was the game you got bugs and all. But now we, we sort of live in this world of, um, games constantly being updated so like not just bug fixes but features are being updated um where was i lost my train of thought. <laughs> a slight interruption but. uh yeah I don't, I don't remember where you were um uh there was oh, yeah, there games was constantly updates. being updated yeah so yeah, games constantly being updated so now we have games that are constantly being updated and not just updated for um bug fixes but content being added mm -hmm. um and especially more so with games like Apex or free-to-play games where yeah. it's online and, I mean, players need new content every month. Um, and yeah, so, y'all get bored way too quick. Yeah, I could play so, Fallout forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other part too, right? So the so the, a lot of these games, they aren't really made with the same quality because they know they're going to have to add on later. 
And yeah, I suppose that's fair. For a lot of games, especially at least for me, I don't really find like there are games I go back to constantly. Like like Kingdom Hearts 2 is one of those games I'll always go back to and I'll constantly play it and like I it'll never get old. I'll love it. Um, but I don't feel the same way with like some of the more modern titles, you know, like mm-hmm. some of the more modern games. I just don't feel that spark or the magic. And I think it has heavily to do with the the ability to fix things after release. Um, and so. Sorry, the, the articles here. I say that going back, like constantly going back to games. I'm I'm the same way for Kingdom Hearts, but not with two with Chain of Memories. Really? You go back to that one? Always Chain of Memories. Interesting. That's the, the one everybody hates. The GBA version, in fact, because that's the one that I have. And it's, a, dude, I, f- I love it. A lot, of, a can, lot of people say the GBA is the better version. I can replay the Chain of Memories GBA version over and over and over again. It's not even funny. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, it's better than Pokemon. <laughs> um... So it's Way kind of a Pokemon. kind of a longer article. Uh, I didn't get to read all of it, but it's from PC Gamer. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's what popped up on my feed, um, and I, I thought it was a I thought it was an interesting topic because to be able to push the gaming industry to the brink that I don't know I don't know if that's entirely um, possible to do simply with the constant plug of like never ending demand and cycle. Uh, of current games it does add a lot more weight to developers because now you release assassin's creed whatever and not only because like before it was like you released mario 64 this is the money we made on it good job guys take a vacation yeah but now you know you release assassin's creed guys we can't we can't take a vacation we got bugs to work out we got a dlc coming up that we got to work on we got you know uh patch notes to figure out like it's time to keep working, you know? Half of you guys are going to continue on with this, and the other half of you are going to get started on the sequel now. Have fun. Yeah, and <laughs> it's, it's kind of a... Gaming's kind of turned into a very uh, volatile workplace, almost. Because um, you... And anime and manga is like that, too. I mean, in, in Japan, it is a tough thing to get into. Um, it is horrible i mean you're expected to work 17 hours like constantly rewriting redrawing um same thing with developers like reprogramming hashing things out like and like i said not every game is made in a country with labor laws yeah (laughs) so what that means is that you got people making games for more than 10 12 hours a day Mm-hmm. you know um and uh and ea actually went through several class action lawsuits because uh, they were overworking the the developers. Huh. The kings of microtransaction also overworking their people. I'm shocked. Well, it's not just well, not just <laughs> not just microtransactions. People, I didn't realize this. I didn't know this. This is kind of an untold tale of EA a bit. But apparently, um, people hate EA because not only do they have microtransactions in a lot of their games and and make them like the selling point of the game. But, um, I guess there were a lot of companies, like a lot of smaller, uh, indie dev companies that EA actually brought on. So that these dev companies would make a game and get successful. And then EA would say, Hey, come work for us. 
so the studio, right? So published by EA or whatever mm-hmm. it is, um, and then created by whatever studio, mm-hmm. that studio would then almost every single time go bankrupt within a, a year or two. Wow. And so EA, and was, EA would just buy the rights to the whatever was created. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, that is fucked. shady, right? So EA would buy the would bring these companies on and then suddenly they get they get dissolved basically because they I think a lot of people think it's like EA just kind of getting rid of competition with indie developers. You could argue that I've heard also a theory that it's not EA's fault that they are bringing these small developers on, but then um, they're not used to deadlines and uh, the, you know, the <laughs> essentially the corporate tasks and, and deadlines of release dates and... Um, that uh, is a possibility. Yes, details like that. Because when you're a big company, those things matter a lot. Yeah, and you have because you've hit got them. shareholders and you've got yeah. There's yeah, all kinds exactly. of stuff. Whereas you indie, know. smaller indie companies can just make whatever and call it a day. And oh, like glitched for example, you know, <laughs> oh, it's been delayed for three years, guys. Sorry about that. That would not fly at a company. No. They would be like, well, guess what? At we EA, missed our they'd release all date. Be, they'd all be fired. <laughs> that yeah. game would never come out. Yeah, so I think that's kind of but, the higher possibility, but it it ruins EA's reputation because they does, are yeah. still bringing on these smaller developers, maybe maybe you know with good intentions, um, but every maybe. time the small developer ends up just I th- in fact there was actually one I read today uh, on comicbook.com. I guarantee you it's going to pop up right here when I Google it. I'm going to scroll down just a little bit here. Uh, nope. It did. It did get overwritten by another article, but uh, there was an uh, there was another smaller company that EA had had acquired again, and it filed for bankruptcy <laughs> just recently. So it's it's shocking and it's sad to see that kind of and to see that kind so, of um, assimilation from EA. So I will say, you can say that it's not necessarily malicious if EA is bringing these people on and they're not used to deadlines and this that and the other thing and they just don't make it and it ends up bankrupting the studio for the first little while of them doing it yes after multiple instances of them doing it and it ending that exact same way and them continuing to do it at that point it's clear that there's at least a slight malicious intent or whoever's in charge of that is clinically insane. Yeah, because because that is the definition of insanity: yeah. is doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting different results. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, at what point are you going to take your big company resources and help out your developers that you just acquired? Exactly. Uh, okay, you guys are a smaller team. You're working with the deadline you might not meet. Okay, here's two more developers. You know, like for a game that we're working on seven years down the road. I mean, maybe it's not that easy, but yeah, I don't know. EA has always been known for bad headlines you know um if if anyone were to push gaming to the brink it would be ea (laughs) no kidding so yeah uh, i just thought that was a that was an interesting little tidbit article there that um i thought might provoke some unique thoughts in the minds of, of people because uh because because updating games is something we're all used to now but it wasn't too long ago that that wasn't a thing. Even yeah. like even like PS3, 
that was still like they they would update it but mostly it was just bug fixes and you got maybe one dlc or something uh except for like cod you had like six (laughs) and those were mostly maps uh but you know nowadays it's just changed a lot so i don't think gaming would be pushed to the brink necessarily but i think it's definitely changing into a different form than maybe it once was yeah it's uh yeah it's definitely um i honestly like until you pointed it out i actually hadn't even thought about it that much but yeah it is like it's a it's a really big thing like this adjustment the the constant updating everything like i i don't know it means constant work for developers and it means yeah. constant demand from players because we're getting used to man my game's my game needs more content added to it you know yeah. like ah oh shit if it's not a single player story based game guess what you're going to be developing that game for 10 years or yeah. however long you leave the servers up if it's a multiplayer game yeah heaven forbid you know you you just release a game a year and then cut it off people would be outraged <laughs> can i can i hit you with a a hot take yo hit me with that hot take <laughs> spicy <laughs> all right hot take on video games you know how they fix this whole like constantly needing new content needing new needing new needing new hmm. stop making sequels just all the games that have a bunch of sequels and a bunch of stuff in the series kill them dead done start fresh new game that is a hot take that is a very hot thing. A lot of people are going to be really mad at me for that one, but think about it for a second. If you think about it, we're now, not expecting a sequel now. Brand new game. No more no more sequel of this universe has died. It's done. This game. Hmm. New game, completely detached from anything, nothing else. We're not expecting a sequel. We've got you know, we've got the game. And then uh, assuming it's not like assuming it's not just a you know single player story type game, you have a small team that just focuses on moderation, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't change anything, and you just you just stop it there. You ignore anybody that complains about we need this, that, or the other thing. You've got like a couple of people that are there for oops, there was a bug here that we missed in sure. beta. Yeah, that can release like little patches, like a day or two later. Exactly. Somebody that can just kind of dive into the code and go, ooh, here's this. You do that with, you just you start fresh, boom, there it is. And you just let it go from there. Huh. You don't put a bunch of new stuff in. You don't add a bunch of microtransactions. You just, you just let it be right there. That's interesting. So when you say get rid of the sequel, do you mean naming or do you mean like entirely? Like whole new game, like whole, whole new like, game. Like like we're we're making COD Black Ops. COD Black Ops is done. We're making we're making COD Street Fighter. We're making nope. You know? We're we're done with Call of Duty. Just COD. Boom. Call of Duty's Gone. dead. Done. Damn. Yeah, you would upset some people with that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we're, we're done. It's not Call of Duty anymore. Call of Duty's done. This is where it ends. We're done. Yeah, see, that's the problem is money and then cows. We make, and then we make something else. We make something completely different. It's not It's not Call of Duty. It could still be a shooter game, but it's not Call of Duty. I mean, that's kind of what indie devs do now, you know? That's kind of, that's interesting yeah. because that was what, like, that was what, like, Nintendo would do and what 
Sony would do. That's kind of what they did do back in the day. But I then, mean, aside from like Rayman, like making a one and two sequel. But, but. but the big thing is, is at this point, another issue with it is a lot of these companies, these bigger companies have gotten so greedy about it. Yeah. They keep pumping them out because people keep complaining they want and they know they can make money. Shamelessly. So. Shamelessly pumping it out. If they just go, look, our devs need a break. We're going to make this is the hot game. Here's our game. It's done now. And our devs are taking a break. That's what you get until we get our devs back on on site. Yeah, it's going to outrage a lot of people. But you know what? People will still buy the game. People will still play the game. And yeah, some people will get bored. But they'll still make plenty of money. I'll guarantee it. If it's a good game that they actually put the time and effort into creating the game and making it a good game and they have that couple of people that come in and they don't even have to be part of the original dev team. They could be separate people that are just coming on that do the bug fixes. All they need is somebody to give them a rundown on the code and how everything went. This is what it did. This is how it works. This is this, that, and the other thing. Boop. Here you go. Here's Mm -hmm. your game. We don't care that you want more content. Our devs are on vacation. See, that that's I feel like it's a trap that devs fall into when they have a successful game. They launch the successful game. They're like, let's take the first game. We're going to give the same good stuff, and we're going to make it better, and we're going to call it a sequel. Build it bigger. Yeah. Every time. You know, one company that I think has a problem with that, as much as I love them, I love this company, but Sucker Punch, and they made oh, yeah. the infamous games. Yeah. They made Infamous 1, Infamous 2, then Infamous Second Son, and then Infamous Side game whatever it was called i've only played second son yeah there's another one besides second son but second son was so good (laughs) they were good games but they definitely took i mean the first and second games were way better tell you the truth uh than second son Um, i'll I'll have to play them at some point but yeah being being that i only like i really enjoyed second son so Uh, if if you say they're better i should definitely check them out they're sort of going down the same path with ghost of tsushima now ghost of tsushima was a serious contender for game of the year 2019 2020 Something like that. I think yeah. one of those years. It was a newer, yeah. uh, I played it, loved it, fucking love Ghost of Tsushima. It was a really awesome game, beautiful game. Mm-hmm. Um, multiplayer is really fun. They released like basically it's a second game that's just all multiplayer. It's like Destiny kind of. It's awesome. Um, but now they want to make a sequel to Ghost of Tsushima, and I think that's a huge mistake because Ghost of Tsushima was originally this. Um, story about the history of japan like Mm -hmm. the mongol invasion on japan and this is the legend of the ghost of tsushima that supposedly saved japan you know and now you want to do a sequel but you know that first game was kind of on a premise of like a unique tale and now you're kind of making it up as you go and I feel like that's that's when you lose a lot of your magic that's when you lose a lot of your mojo like originally I'm sure call of duty was supposed to be a, a more realistic like war sim almost that you play with your friends like i never played the first call of duty that was like ps1 i think i actually haven't played the first one either but i've played the second one i remember we both played I've the second one i think got right? the playstation 2 disc for yeah. the second one and I mean, call of was, duty 2 the big red one <laughs> i mean it was it was still your call of duty multiplayer local only of course but yeah uh but I mean, it wasn't it wasn't meant to be this big well, franchise. I don't think that one actually. Uh, the big red one was actually only story mode. You oh, could so play co op, but it was only story. There was no. 
there was no fight against each other. Yeah, and then look at how Call of Duty changed over time. So it starts with this unique experience or this story that they want to focus and tell, and then it just kind of warped and changed into this monstrous franchise yeah. that they've grown into trillions of dollars. God, I need to either get a, a new PS2 or I need to get a freaking emulator and re-get that Call of Duty because that, honestly, that story was fun. Yeah? Yeah. It they was awesome. They don't make them like they used to, man. No. <laughs> I'm telling I just, you. I started thinking about it. I started remembering some of the scenes. I'm like, it's been years since I played, but... I'm, I'm telling you guys, if, you, if you've if you never sat down and played a game from the N64, PS1, PS2, GameCube era, even GameCube is a little recent, but I mean, if you've never played a game from one of those low polygon, low res eras, dude, you gotta sit down and play one of the revered ones. Just look up one that's really highly rated or one that did well and just play it because Honestly, you'll get such a unique experience out I'll, of it i'll put one out there for anyone who hasn't played a game that's back from you know ps1 ps2 like that level you know n64 gamecube that era if you can find it conflict global terror never heard of it it is so it is like I believe you could play. I know you could play two player. It's I think you could play up to four players basically in conflict global terror. This is especially if you like military games, like if you're not into military games, don't do it. But if you're into military games, conflict global terror, you basically were like this four man spec ops team that went in and like you know, you had all these special missions, some escort stuff, some capture the hostage, like Navy SEAL type shit. And that was fun. It it was. It was a lot of fun. Um you honestly like playing it by yourself was one of the coolest things ever because you can play as all four different characters. You just switch from character to character. Oh, that makes so it, like, oh, dude, I'm going to go the, home and play some Jet Force Gemini now. The opening, like, the opening scene, you start out as one character, and you play through to a certain section, and then it switches you to another character to, like, kind of show you the different thing, and then once you get all of the characters together, you can switch from character to character. Each of them is, like, a different specialization. So, like, one of them's, like, the demo guy, and one of them's the sniper, and one of them's the, you know, the leader, and one of them's the, you know, whatever. <laughs> And you're, you're going through and you can actually like, you can use strategy while playing these games on top, like I'll play in this game on top of doing like just the combat stuff. So like you can position your, your characters. Cause when you're not playing as them, they'll act on their own. So like, they're like computer controlled. So you can like, okay, oh, I'm going to put this guy over here. Yeah. This is a PlayStation two. Yeah. That's way ahead like, of its time. I'm going to put this guy over here. And they're going to wait right there. And then I'm going to put this guy over here. I'm guessing like right early there. title PlayStation 2. I believe so. They were still yeah. like kind of PS1 level polygonal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and then I'm going to put this guy back over here and set an explosive. And then I'm going to take this guy and I'm going to run him into the action. Was it in first person? Uh, no, it was third person. Okay, but it sounds very strategic. Sounds like a strategy. It can game. be. You don't have to. It but actually, you could just game. run through and just shoot everything. Action strategy. 
So, Sounds but cool, yeah, so man. you could like, you could like set people in certain areas. So like, all right, yeah. I'm gonna run this guy into the fray. As soon as he goes into the fray, it, these people will start firing. That'll trigger the CPU to activate these guys and start shooting them. Then I'll switch to the demo guy and the CPU will fight all these guys in here while I, as the demo guy, will start blowing shit up. And you could do stuff like that. Or, like I said, you could just run in a gun. So you could that literally so just, creative. like, have the party come with you. Because I I remember there being a command that just, like, had the party follow you if you wanted to. Sure. And so you could just run in and just shoot if you didn't feel like doing the strategy. But there were, like, special, like, uh, they were like achievements, but it was before PlayStation really did achievements. Yeah. Where he's like, uh, complete the mission with X number of stealth kills, complete the mission without, you know, this getting found out, find all of the hidden intel, you know, mm -hmm. Easter egg stuff like that. And yeah, it was, it, it was, like Danny said, kind of ahead of its time for a PlayStation 2 game that was, yeah, still polygonal enough to almost be a PlayStation 1 game. But it was, for me, it was a lot of fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. And it sounds like I haven't experienced a game like that. <laughs> and it sounds like I haven't seen one like that. I'm, I'm sure somebody will know of a modern game that's very similar. I might still have, I think, uh, actually, Tom Clancy's The Division might be similar to that. Oh, really? I um, See, I heard it was good, but I but everyone just stopped playing it. It fell off um, the, the planet. But anyway, I, I might still have my copy if we can find a deal otherwise i'll see if i can find an emulator and an online copy and we'll get it set up on my freaking pc and we'll play oh yeah well a lot of times emulators can do this it's so cool you can do this you can connect and play a local game with somebody wirelessly online so like hmm. so like you like for example me and dj love to play um conquer's bad for a day on oh, yeah. n64 and it has a really fun multiplayer mode and you can play it online that's awesome yeah you can you play it online you set up a server it's really easy and like you just you hit the start button like you're playing playing right there on the couch with them it's fucking awesome that is awesome people I are would, smart i would love to get that figured out if if i can find an emulator a ps2 emulator that'll do it to where we can play like online together for that would be so down we'll have to look but but i'm sure if, it's out there if not like even if you just played it by yourself i think you would enjoy it so i would definitely like if i can find it and get everything set up i'd even just like get it on my computer and just be like here here's controller play i'll watch sounds super fun dude so yeah well I'm, say, um, I'm assuming we're probably right about that time yes, we are actually exactly mm. so Surprised we made it that far, honestly. <laughs> I still had one more up my sleeve if I needed to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully it wasn't one that you were dying to talk about. No, no, no. It's something that can definitely wait, but I know it would have made Joseph excited. Oh, boy. Well, guess what? After hearing that. Sorry, <laughs> Joseph, gonna but be we're going to be leaving next you episode. on a cliffhanger, brother. <laughs> oh, he's going to be really ready for next episode. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> is this nine? Are we yeah, recording this nine is right nine. now? No way. Eight, eight is what came out two weeks ago. Oy, oy. This is nine my friend damn we gotta prep for that at least i'm pretty sure let me double check as well i guess yeah, let me pull up spotify real quick yeah you're right this is yep. nine damn wow yep episode nine wow okay well 
I guess. Uh, so yeah. So I guess um, then this this is I guess this will be the announcement then. Um, so me and Kevin kind of just really quick, yeah. we debated a little bit about what to do for the tenth episode because it's the tenth episode. We thought it was kind of special, so um, we debated doing some top tens, and I think we're still leaning that way, kind of. Uh, except we're going to be having our first guest speaker. Yeah. On on the show, we'll have our there. first guest. Oh, yeah, our buddy on the Joseph. Podcast. Our main man Joseph. He's yeah. uh, super into Marvel and DC, and he was not happy that I had not seen uh, Spider-Man. The Spider-Man movies, the Tom Holland Spider-Man ones. Yeah, he, he did not. <laughs> he I was saw not Homecoming. happy because Spider-Man Homecoming, is but, his favorite. <laughs> yeah, he was not happy about that. So next episode, you guys will get to hear him yell at me about that. But <laughs> well, You'll get to see what's planned. But yeah, the the 10th episode will be our, our special first guest edition. Yeah, so... Like always, guys, uh, with that said, we're going to get out of here. So, everybody, please make sure that you stay happy, stay safe, and above all else, stay nerdy. We'll catch you in the next one. Have a wonderful night. Bye.